Hi, and welcome to The Big Schmear, the podcast celebrating Jewish food, culture, and history. I'm the host, Beth Schenker. And you might notice it's a little bit louder in here. Usually when I record, I'm in a more quiet place, but that's okay. We are in a food eatery in Skokie called Emma's Cafe. And it's a lot of activity, even though it's not really lunchtime even yet. So that's what you'll hear. Lots of happy customers and lots of food kinds of things. And today I'm going to introduce you to a real food legend in the kosher food world. I finally managed to catch up with Aussie Gourmet, Naomi Nachman. And I met Naomi a few years ago at my first experience of Kosher Fest. And she was really busy. I managed to just give her a quick wave and introduce myself. And that was it. So I'm happy to be catching up with her here in Chicago. She travels everywhere, um, bringing all her kitchen skills to people all over the world. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, I want to just say hi, Naomi, and welcome to the Big Schmear. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm great, and I'm, I'm sorry we're giving you this like incredibly cold yeah, weather. Yeah, I know. It's okay. I was warned already yesterday uh, that uh, it's it was... going to be cold, and I flew with my boots on, and you did. I had my coat in the bag. <laughs> yeah. You're ch- prepared. I, yeah, I'm prepared. I, I'm braced. I'm braced for the weather, but that's okay. You know, no worries. I'm going to Australia in two weeks to visit my family, so I'll thaw out then. Oh, for sure. Oh, it'll be beautiful. Um, I wonder if we could start, maybe you could tell me a little bit about how you got interested in food. Like, have you, has that always been a passion for you since you were little? Or Yeah, I, I wasn't much of an eater growing up, but I came from a family where we had supper every night at the table. Dinner was always, you know, soup, salad, main side, six o'clock, you know, my family ate together. Um, and I just, I probably took it for granted at the time, but... Yeah, we would go out to eat very rarely because there aren't so many kosher restaurants. But until I got to my year in Israel, I studied my gap year, uh-huh. uh, which I spent in Israel. I didn't really realize that there was so much abundance of kosher food. And the concept of eating in restaurants everywhere like was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm kosher my entire life. And to be able to like eat everywhere in a mall in Israel or in a gas station in Israel. That must have been amazing. It was amazing, but it taught me one thing. I can't live back in Australia. So I always knew that I was going to fly the coop after my gap year. I did a year of university, and then I said, I'm going on my merry way. And I ended up uh, in Turo College in New York. That's a whole other story. We'll save that for another time. (laughs) About setting goals for yourself and making those things happen. But... I ended up in Touro College and let's bring it back to the food again. There was food everywhere and there were nice Jewish boys to go out with, which there weren't in abundance of in Australia. Uh So, you know, the social scene, the food scene was amazing and I I love it. I still love it. I still (laughs) pinch myself all the time. So I'm going to backtrack just a little and and just ask you, what was Jewish life like in Sydney for you? Beautiful in terms of... Sydney is a small community. The weather is magnificent all the time. It does rain a little um, and hail, um, but otherwise it's really a magnificent place to grow up. We had a really nice shul. We had a really nice group of friends. There's a big Jewish day school called Mariah. We went to youth groups, B'nai Kiva, Zionist youth group, and I had my social life there. And 
be. I went to the same kindergarten, elementary school, high school, and then my year, gap year in Israel was with my Australian friends in Israel. So I spent my entire life there growing up with them and I love them and I can't wait to go back in a couple of weeks and see and see everyone but really it's it, it was very nice we had you know one or two eateries we had a falafel shop a bakery a couple of shawls it's 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 a big there are 30,000 Jews in Sydney yeah um has the restaurant scene or any of that grown much since you've been gone I don't know I don't live there <laughs> stay tuned follow me on Instagram and I'll show you when I'm there all right fair enough so tell me a little bit about how you got started. You do so many food kinds of things, which I'd love for you to talk about. I know you have a cooking show and you travel around and, and do events, but how did all that start for you? What was it? Was there a certain event? I always had big Shabbat meals. I love to cook. I like to read cookbooks always. And I would just have a lot of company all the time. And then one day I said, I like to be a personal chef. I like to cook for people. I'm good at cooking and I'm fast at it. And, you know, time is money. And I started a cooking business. And then I said, okay, we've got to advertise. So let's write an article in a newspaper. And then let's do a cooking class. And because I have a background in education and I work for the Education Alliance in Manhattan and JCCs, I taught cooking classes in the preschool that I used to work at. I was a preschool teacher. I have a degree in early childhood education and a minor in Judaic studies. I tell people, call me a rabbi. <laughs> and I, um, I ran a lot of informal Jewish education programs for after school, for evening, in the evenings. Someone said, you know how to cook, you know how to teach. Why don't you teach a sushi class? Oh my goodness. Because a friend of mine had taught me, this is way before the sushi boom. And I, I taught a sushi class. And so I, you know, fast forward, like, I moved to Long Island, I was teaching. I wanted to give that up to be this personal chef. And I'm like, oh, I'm also going to give cooking classes. Sorry. So I gave cooking classes. I read the newspapers. And like, because I'm a, like, I love the hustle. Like, I like to talk to people. I like to network. Um, just doors kept opening. Like, so, thank God. Like, I was invited to be on the Nachum Siegel radio show for um, Miriam Wallach on her show um, under Nachum's network. And then she offered me my own show. And now I'm now in season eight. Like, that's over 200-something oh hour shows. Some people say to me, I love your accent. I'm like, you can listen to me talk all day. I've got 200 archived episodes. So it's a lot of work. I've literally got every show written down because I take notes like you do. I see your notes <laughs> on everything. And then I started traveling. Um, and then I ended up working for Miriam Schreiber, who does Kosher Legacy Tours. I work for Ram on Pesach programs and Shamel on their Pesach program. There's like always something going on, so... You're hard to keep up with. Um, yeah, and then I started this whole thing with chop competitions. Right, so tell, tell us about that. So I modeled the chop competitions that I bring to your community off the show on TV, and I make it easy for you to have your own private one, and I do them a lot. I did one last night before jumping on the plane here. I left my dirty dishes in my house. Ah, oh, don't <laughs> tell anyone! Okay, my friend's coming to help me load up my dishwasher <laughs> while I'm gone, but yeah. It's, it's pretty intense. I work really hard. Yes, you do. I can't even keep up with you. And I, and I don't follow you everywhere, but I see you on Instagram and Facebook. And I just think, how the hell do you do all that? Yeah, I, I have a lot of energy. You I, do. I tell people, like, I'm going to quote Lady Gaga, baby, I was born this way. <laughs> right, did I say it right? She's, I don't even know. Oh, because you're country music. <laughs> 
I'm with my very good friend Alyssa Goldwater and she's uh, taking me around today. How nice. Um, it's good to have good friends, it, right? It like, is. Absolutely. So I feel like you were at the cutting edge of the personal chef movement. Yeah. And so clearly you're an entrepreneurial kind of person. Since I'm a kid. Uh, really? Yeah. So how did the personal chef thing start and, and uh, do you still do that? What I does that mean? I still do it on occasion. People ask me to cook in my house. I'll cook Shabbat dinner, a small party, and then I'll deliver it to them. I can organize waiters and set up and all that if I need to. And then for the holidays, Pesach, Rosh Hashanah, I cater a lot and then I deliver the food or I cook in people's houses and I freeze it. That's basically how the industry works. Yeah, that's and that's a lot of... It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. You need stamina. You need a lot of stamina. And that's just for one one thing that you do. So. That, yeah, that's a lot. And on top of that, I probably still run shop competitions and do cooking demos. And I've written two cookbooks, so I'm still on book tour. For, so. the, for the latest one? For my latest one, which is coming up to a year. The anniversary, it's birthday's coming up. My, my book's birthday's coming up. <laughs> and we're going to actually do a big promotional code, I think, starting this Saturday night. Oh. So tell my listeners about your two cookbooks. So I wrote, because I have a Pesach catering business, um, Pesach has become a big part of my brand. So uh, two year, three years ago or two years ago, I can't even remember. Probably two years ago, three years ago. I, I seriously don't remember. 2017, 16, 16, 16, I got a call from Art Scroll, it came out in 17. I oh, got that's... a phone call from Art Scroll, uh, would you like to do a Pesach book with us? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I had all these recipes for years. I got the phone call the day after Sukkot, the holiday of Sukkot, and it was on the shelves by late February. So four months oh into a book, God. that it was insane. But I had that the recipes. Insane. My photographer, Miriam Pascal, who was a big part of that on every level, and Miriam knows what I mean always grateful to her and she did my photography my styling I had a whole team of incredible friends and the book came together fast and it was like mind-blowing and so first experience sounds like it was really positive it was amazing and then I right away I said I need to do another book that covers the other 51 weeks a year and perfect flavors concept was born and Tell me what kind of things, that, what kind of recipes are in that cookbook? Um, everything and anything. Oh, you need to get a copy. <laughs> I know, I do. I'm, I'm bad. Yeah, we need to get you one. <laughs> okay, let me see. It's got books. It's got recipes from my travels. It's uh -huh. got recipes from my, that I cook for my family, my guests. And it's got recipes that my, I grew up on. Ooh. It's a combination of everything together that really just embraces my homeliness, my love for entertaining, and my love for travel. So would you did say I say that right? I think I did a good job there. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that you're, are there anything special about your food recipes from Australia? Is there something that no, I wouldn't be able to say, oh, those spices? Spaghetti bolognese. My dad made the best spaghetti bolognese. Didn't have a recipe for it, so I made him write it all out with me. And then we tweaked it from there. But And will I find, would I find that in your cookbook? Yeah, yeah in my oh, cookbook. Yeah, exciting. that's what I'm saying, like in my book. Like can you tell me a little bit about this network? Because for I think for a lot of listeners, they won't know... What networking is? Uh, no, not networking, but the network that you have your show on. Oh, the radio show, right. Yes. So, Nachum Siegel's been in a radio show. It's otherwise known as JM and the AM. It's been around for 35 years. I've got to get the exact details of how long it's been around for. He recently switched where a lot of companies are going off the airwaves and into like satellite radio and network radio internet radio it's become like a really 
popular to switch over because uh-huh. you can you can always physically tune in to AM radio, which he was on, as we said, for over 30 years. And then he started this online network um, about so eight seasons ago. Oh. And it's got a variety of shows, inspirational speakers, Charlie Harari, Miriam Wallach, myself, Nachum, of course, Mark Zomik, Yoni Pollock, like just incredible group of people. You can find it on nachumsegel.com. They also have an app where you can listen to my, the shows. Any archive shows are also on the network on the on the uh, through the app. But it's, it's been a lot of fun. I've met incredible people through the show. I bet. Every, it's like a it's you know we chit chat about food. Oh, that's what I, yeah. So. It's all about food. I my tagline is all the food all the time in my in my in my show. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you have a we and you have a weekly show. Is it? Is that cook, amazing? Is it? French fries? I just took a French fry. I heard they were good. In the sauce? Okay, I'll wait till after. Do you actually cook during your weekly sh- food show? You can't cook in a studio. But, okay. on that note, I've had some guests come in with some burners and we've grilled a steak on the studio table with a, on an iron skillet, cast iron skillet. Whoa. So we have, you know, <laughs> and we have a YouTube channel. So you can watch it also on YouTube as well. So it's imagine having a camera here so we have this going yes. and that going I have to be aware of both that's tricky it's it's intense it took a little getting used to but plus you have to pay attention to what's in the pan while you're cooking right? well I'm not really cooking the guest is cooking I don't do that I don't often have a guest maybe a few times a year that is actually cooking and I see it's a radio show people, most people yeah. are tuning in and then now podcasts everyone has a podcast it's amazing right you want to have a voice <laughs> turn on your phone you got it yeah. Instagram same yes. kind of thing you want to have a voice Turn on your phone. What would we be without our little iPhones or our, uh, what's the other one called? The Droid? Uh, Androids. Android. Yeah, we'd be lost. I would be. That's Absolutely for sure. Absolutely lost. So I know we, we talked just before we started this um, episode, and you mentioned that you would be willing to share a recipe so that I can post that on my well, uh, yeah. website um, for I the holiday. I don't have a recipe, so well, I can no, give you recipe suggestions. So we've got red lentil soup in the book Ooh. which is made with a variety of different cut up seasonal uh, what do you call them but, uh, root vegetables uh-huh. which is very seasonal right now yeah. and the backdrop is a red lentil soup it is absolutely incredible um, I also have a recipe for something called a turk dakin capon a turk dakin are you familiar with a turk yes. dakin it's a turkey with a duck with a chicken all stuffed one into the other yes. between layers of stuffings you really and it's do all that it's deboned so I said, that's ah, so hard to do. Yes. Let's do it in a capon. Okay. So I take a, a chicken. Yep, got it. Then I stuff it with a mixture of croutons, yeah. spinach, things that you would find in stuffing. Yes. And minced turkey. Okay. Right? So yes. we've got this like burger thing going. Yes. Then we put that inside the capon, close the capon over. Uh-huh. And then we take something called duck fry. AKA, some people call it duck bacon. Okay. Right? It's, it's the belly of the duck. And yes. it's nice fatty and it looks like, I would imagine, bacon. That's what they call it. Uh-huh. And you wrap that around the capon. So then it's got the duck, the chicken, and the turkey. And then you roast it. Bacon oh my for God. a few hours. An hour or two. The recipe is in the book. It is amazing. Okay. Amazing. And I have to say, it's quite creative. It sounds really <laughs> creative. And much easier. I have these awful pictures in my mind of trying to wrestle with all these different birds to stuff them and your method sounds so doable but also so delicious 
And affordable. And affordable. So maybe you would share that so that I can... Um... I, it's in the book. Okay, great. I, I, great. Can't, I can't put a recipe out. I'm not allowed to from my, oh, from oh, my, oh. From my publisher, but right. the recipes... You, you know, it's so funny. Like now with a digital age, and we can always... You know, it's a good topic to talk about. Like people just screenshot recipes and pass them around. Yes, they do. The cookbook author. Yes, I th- like it hurts. If I give away a recipe, I'm losing money, right? Like yeah. If, so it's I have. I'm not sure people realize that. People that's... don't realize you have to be sensitive. A year's, two years worth of work goes into a book. Yeah. If, even the, even though I did my Pesach book fast, it was years of developing those, re- sure. those recipes. It's very hard to just here give them re- away. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, as I've said to some other people, when you're, like if you're putting together a record album, you have a certain flow and you have a certain picture in your mind of the way those recipes, the, the recipes you choose and how you set all that up. And it's, that's a statement also, might be an artistic statement, but also a statement about how you think about food. And that's lost by just collecting a recipe here and a recipe, a recipe. there. Right, it's a collection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you've like talked about everything I had imagined that I would ask you about. <laughs> I, I just too much, sorry. No, you don't at all. I love your energy and and your passion for food just it's just so evident in every way you talk about it. I'm gonna encourage people to search you out. So tell me again where people can find you. You can find me on Instagram, Naomi Nachman. I have a website. I, I very rarely post on it, but you, it's the aussiegourmet.com or I also will tell, if you go to neemanachman.com, it'll bring you to the aussiegourmet.com. You can find me on the Nachum Siegel Network, um, and Facebook, I, I don't know. I think that That's pretty much covers it. Yeah, and then I'm going to And then my two books. Yeah, and I'm going to post um, a link to those books from my own website. Okay, So amazing. people can find those and I'm sure they can... I mean, your Amazon. local, yeah, Amazon. Amazon and your local bookstore um, are Amazon all is good great. choices. Yeah. Thank wow. you so much. Thank this you for fun. coming, and it was so nice to actually get to meet you face Thank to face. Thank you. Thank you. When I'm Naomi. not running around somewhere crazy. Well, you already are. All right. I already am. I'm gonna go eat my salad, guys, and we are at Emma's. And um, yeah, thanks. It was so nice to meet you, Beth. Nice to meet you. Good too. luck to you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Big Schmear. Our recording and mix engineer is Steve Robinson. The Big Schmear theme music is performed by Cavatino Duo from their CD entitled Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. If you like The Big Schmear, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you have questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. Please email me at beth at thebigschmear.com. And be sure to check out my website, thebigschmear.com, to find recipes shared by my guests. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear. Thank you for listening, and happy eating. Mm-hmm.